Stories of faith and faithfulness are central to the Old Testament. The writer of Hebrews recalls some of the most memorable examples of how people of faith live their lives. But what is faith? Faith is more than belief. It is trust, assurance, and firm conviction. Ironically, most of those who lived by faith back then never fully realized the promises God had made. Like us, they journeyed as strangers and exiles, longing for another country. We should remember their patient faith when we face prolonged hardships and allow the trials we face to strengthen our faith rather than destroy it. If we are comfortable here and don't face suffering for our faith, perhaps we aren't fully living by faith and looking forward to a future hope. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the program. I'm Neil Parks. We are in the book of Hebrews, and the writer is unwavering with his description of faith. I would submit to you that this chapter 11 of Hebrews is what every person who calls themselves a Christian should be well-versed with. Let's read verses 1 through 3 in Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The term substance is key here when defining faith. The Greek word oiousia, which means a standing under. From a technical point, you have, get this, the title deed. In other words, faith is the title deed for things hoped for. I personally describe it as the foundation which supports all of who God is, and he gives us ownership through him. Now, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Again, it says, without faith, no one can please God, because the one coming to God must believe he exists, and he rewards those who come seeking. Read Hebrews 11.6 on that one. You see, faith begins as hope, and indeed is unseen. So many have doubted that it is real. So, what follows is the proof that faith is a reality that can be trusted. Let's take a quick overview of verses 4, 5, and 7. As we'll see three giants of faith to whom God uses in his word as proof to what faithfulness brings to the table. 
Verse 4, by faith, Abel presented to God a sacrifice more acceptable than his brother Cain's. By faith, Abel learned he was righteous, as God himself testified by approving his offering. And by faith, he still speaks, although his voice was silenced by death. Verse 5 says, By faith, Enoch was carried up into heaven so that he did not see death. No one could find him because God had taken him. Before he was taken up, though, it was said of him that he had pleased God. In verse 7, I love this one, By faith, Noah respected God's warning regarding the flood, the likes of which no one had ever seen, and build an ark that saved his family. In this he condemned the world and inherited the righteousness that comes by, yep, faith. Let's look at verse 13 here. All these I have mentioned died in faith without receiving the full promises. Although they saw the fulfillment as though from a distance, these people accepted and confessed what they, that they were strangers and foreigners on this earth. Verse 14, because people who speak like this make it plain that they are still seeking a homeland. Verse 15, if this was only a bit of nostalgia for a time and place they left behind, then certainly they might have turned around and returned. Verse 16 says, but such saints as these look forward to a far better place, a heavenly country, so God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared a heavenly city for them. My friends, there are so many people that the writer of Hebrews back then refers to. But look how he explains it in verse 32. I could speak, he says, more of faith. I could talk until time itself ran out. If I continued, I could speak of the examples of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and all the prophets. Verse 33 says, I could give accounts of people alive with faith who conquered kingdoms, brought justice, obtained promises, and closed the mouths of hungry lions. Then verse 34, I could tell you how people of faith doused raging fires, escaped the edge of the sword, made the weak strong, and stroking great valor among the champions of God, sent opposing armies into panic flight. Again, my friends, in verse 36 and 38, Others suffered mockery and whippings. They were placed in chains and in prisons. 
Verse 37, the faithful were stoned, sawn in two, killed by the sword, clothed only in sheepskins and goatskins. They were penniless, afflicted and tormented. The world was not worthy, my friends, of these saints. They wandered across deserts, crossed mountains, and lived in the caves, cracks, and crevices of the earth. Look at verse 39, says, These, though commended by God for their great faith, did not receive what was promised. And he wraps it with verse 40, that promise has awaited us. Get that. Let me say that again. That promise has awaited us, who receive the better thing that God has provided in these last days, so that with us, our forebearers might finally see the promises completed. My listeners, did you just get that last verse, in these last days, so that with us, our descendants might finally see the promise completed? Do you understand that these days of 2023 and into the near future are by and large the last days? Just look around you. I would submit to you that what's going on in the world is what Jesus is speaking to his disciples about in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. Let's read verses 4 and 8, where Jesus said, He said, Watch out for doomsday deceivers. Many leaders are going to show up with forged identities, claiming, I am Christ, the Messiah. They will deceive a lot of people when reports come in of wars and rumors of wars. Keep your head and don't panic. He goes on to say, this is routine history. This is no sign of the end. Nation will fight against nation and ruler fight against ruler over and over. Famines and earthquakes will occur in various places. This is nothing, my friends, compared what Jesus is saying to what is coming. Verses 9 and 10, he goes on. They are going to throw you to the wolves and kill you, everyone hating you because you carry my name. And then, going from bad to worse, Jesus speaking, it will be a dog-eat-dog, everyone at each other's throat, everyone hating each other. Wow. Now, my listeners, keep in mind that Jesus is speaking to his disciples, the church, in that day, as he answers their inquiry as to what they should be looking for to happen. Look at verse 11 and 12 of that same chapter. He goes on to say, In the confusion, lying preachers will come forward and deceive a lot of people. For many others, the overwhelming spread of evil 
will do them in, nothing left of their love but a mound of ashes. Look at 13 and 14. Staying with it, he said, that, that's what God requires, staying with it to the end. You won't be sorry, and you'll be saved. All during this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom, will be preached all over the world, a witness staked out in every country, and then the end will come. Jesus just said, told them 2,000 years ago, stay with it, as that is what God requires. I got to tell you, all seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, are told that if they will overcome their circumstances, their names will be in the book of life. Jesus says in John 15, verse 19, he says, If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I say, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly. We are not of the world. Lord Jesus, we are left here for a purpose, and that purpose is to be used by you. Whatever it may take, whatever we go through, we are here waiting for your return, Father God. We just are strangers. We are exiles on this earth. We're not of the world, just like you said. And Father God, I pray for each and every one of my listeners today that they would have the faith because of your grace, which you did. You came, and at Calvary, you took all of the sin upon you. Father God, I pray pray that these listeners are prepared, that they are fully surrendered, that they are ready. And Lord Jesus, we give you the glory for all things that you bring. Father God, our decisions determine our destiny. And we pray this in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen and amen. Well, folks, it was good to have you with me again. I look forward to the next time. And until then, I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>